Hello and welcome to our ninth episode of Naturally Educated. Today we'll be discussing how the population growth and economic activities increase the quantities of waste and what the UAE is doing to help alleviate the issue. We'll also be talking about the impact of waste on the ecosystem and finally some waste to energy projects that we should know about in the UAE as well as single-use plastic and the circular economy. Our guest this week is Senior Advisor of Priority Programs and Advisory Support at the Environment Agency of Abu Dhabi, Mona Salem. So, Abdurrahman, you know when I first heard about the concept of circular economy? Not really. Tell us. So, it was a product design sort of theme. Mm. I was looking at something on mobile technology. And they were saying like, oh, you know, what if you could have a mobile that instead of always having to buy a new one, you could buy upgrades as pieces for that item that you have. So imagine huh. this, right? So you want to upgrade your battery. You yeah. take the battery part out and you attach a new battery piece that's got twice the life. And then okay. what happens is the battery that you gave back gets recycled and built into more technology. Then you say, mm. you know what? I need a better camera. And you pull the camera part off the mobile. It was theoretical. Wait, well, you pull the camera out? Yeah, it's like they, it's like <laughs> modular, if you know what I mean, right? Wow. So okay. they're a different part. It was, I think it was in a Wired magazine or something. But th the whole premise was, what if the whole economy worked in a way that you could pull apart all of these different, you know, bits of your mm. gadget or your device and have them recycled in a smaller, more specific loop to get a better part. And so it, sort, it was, of, sort of what you use uh, gets repackaged uh, mm -hmm. and then repurposed, and you can use it again. There you go. And mm -hmm. what's crazy about this is that was a very high-tech example, but I actually now deal all the time in circular economy with my consultancy. Mm. We're talking about how, how do you recycle carbon? and create a circular economy in carbon. So how are you turning carbon waste into carbon as a product or as an input again? And mm. the same with water, the same with uh, nitrogen, the same with, it's about where you have a waste stream, can you bring that back into the system rather than call it waste? Interesting. So uh, from your experience, is there a lot of leeway? Like a lot of the companies, are they surprised by the amount of things they can do? I think... A lot of the time, it's about awareness mm -hmm. and about technology. So, A, do you know that what you are calling a waste is actually a product? Mm -hmm. And the food systems and more mature manufacturing technologies, they know how to do this. Um, but it's like, okay, one amazing example in the UAE is the heat that comes off our aluminum refinery. Mm-hmm. And that so is sort of, that, yeah. So the heat that comes off that is actually recycled and reused for desalination. Hmm. So what used to be a waste stream uh, where you, you know, you're trying to refine aluminum from bauxite, the, the raw material, mm -hmm. and you're expending a lot of energy to do that, a lot of heat comes off. Now, if that was all you were doing, you lose the heat as energy. Now, one way to reclaim that is actually to put that heat into another system. And uh -huh. that would be desal. So desalination of water. Which, and uh, which is sort of functions. And yeah. you can 
use a more effective or more efficient use for desalination. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. That uh, you know, some people will think you know cleverly about this aspect and and put it to good use. You know what is to me is uh, the most vivid picture of of the circular economy idea. No, tell me. Is so it's the 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 idea of gray water. So oh how, yeah, right. So how the 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 government, for instance, and in, in different. Uh, Emirates, they use the water, the wastewater, in order mm-hmm. to use it to re uh, to irrigate the plants. That yep. uh, I don't think you know the plants would matter whether whether the water is sort of pure or not. You know, the funny thing about that gray water is it's very nutrient rich, uh, mm-hmm. depending on where it's been sourced. But it's nothing we could drink or shower with, for that matter. But for things like landscaping, which we have plenty mm-hmm. of in the UAE. And in many other countries, gray water serves as an alternative, um, you know, it doesn't go into the waste stream, it goes back into certain irrigation. Um, And that's a real good example of how you can have a circular, you know, economy principle around water. Instead of it going into pure waste, you can have that go into, you know, any other stream uh, that's usable, but not, you know, safe for maybe human consumption. So do you know what makes up our waste and how much of it we produce? Not exactly sure, um, but I know that we produce a lot of it. Okay, so our garbage, our waste, or what is technically termed municipal solid waste, consists of everyday items. It's the stuff we use and then throw away. So it could be your packaging, um, it can be clothing, furniture even, uh, bottles and food scraps, even your batteries and appliances that we're not using anymore. And this doesn't only come from our homes, but it'll also come from schools, hospitals, and businesses as well. Wow, this is a lot. This actually really adds up. According to the World Bank even, um, that there's around 2 billion tons of waste produced every year around the world. And with at least 33% of it not even managed in an environmentally safe manner. You spoke about batteries. I'm sure a lot of people don't really know how to dispose of batteries uh, really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the World Bank estimates that an average of uh, 0.74 kilograms per person per day is being wasted. And that is not even that, but it's also expected to increase 19% uh, by 2050 in uh, high-income countries. But even more, around 40% in, uh, in low- and middle-income um, countries. So we're talking about almost a kilo per person per day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that's like? Like, go get a, a kilogram of rice and just start collecting that outside. That's going to give you a very clear idea about seven days in about what you're throwing away per person in the household. And in mine, wow. we're, we're, we're five. So, yeah, that's just the family. So, wow, that's a lot of waste that we produce. Actually, Majid, tell us more about the impact this has on our environment. Well, about two-thirds of landfill waste contains biodegradable organic matter. So you would think that was amazing because it's just going to break down. But the problem is as this stuff decomposes, it releases methane gas, which is really a potent greenhouse gas that traps up to 20 times more heat in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. So really this is, you know, exacerbating the global warming. Wow. Yes. And, uh, you know, according to the um, United States agency called the Environment Protection Agency or EPA, uh, that along with methane that you mentioned, landfills also produce carbon dioxide. 
you know, along with other gases and, uh, and, and non-methane organic compounds. And these gases can also contribute to climate change, as we know, but also create smog, which is, you know, if left uncontrolled, it's, it's a big problem. Nobody likes smog, man, especially in cities when you have real bad smog. It doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, um, I was looking up on the World Bank uh, report that I'd had before this. The East Asia and Pacific region generate most of the world's waste. That's about 23%. And we here in the Middle East with North Africa produce at least, in absolute terms, about 6%. However, the fastest growing regions are actually Sub-Saharan Africa, South Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa. And it's estimated by 2050 that total waste generation in these areas is expected to more than double. Now, in these regions, more than half of waste is currently openly dumped, and the trajectories of waste growth are expected to have some serious implications on environment as well as health. So urgent action is needed. Of course, yes. And we don't even take in the natural environment role, uh, the role that it plays in this. Um, so, for instance, uh, the impact that rainfall has on our landfills, uh, these mm-hmm. organic and inorganic uh, compounds dissolve and then they leach toxic chemicals into our groundwater. Oh, Imagine man. the water we drink, you know, the water yeah. we, we, we irrigate our plants with. So we have to look into how we divert the waste from landfills. And actually, this is about to change in the 21st century. A lot of the new technologies, recycling uh, from waste to energy facilities, um, they're becoming cheaper. They're becoming more um, approachable for us to produce energy from. And some cities also, alongside that, are creating zero waste goals in order to reduce um, all of the waste that we produce. So what's the situation in the UAE? Well, actually, the UAE is investing a lot in waste management. Um, You know, obviously, it's a beneficial new energy source. So Abu Dhabi, for instance, uh, the Abu Dhabi Department of Energy, um, they launched a policy that supports the transition towards a more sustainable and circular economy. So that policy includes waste to energy projects. You also have the joint venture between Abu Dhabi's Masdar and Sharjah's Bia to build a waste-to-energy plant. Speaking of which, Sharjah is also working to convert 99% of organic waste into energy. So that's great. But you also have Dubai that used um, 7% of its total energy from clean energy. And finally, Ras al-Khaimah wants 2% of the primary energy demand, or waste-to-energy, by 2040. That's incredible. We've got so many different emirates doing so many things. Well, let's take a look at the big picture. For the UAE, one of the government 2021 goals is diverting 75% solid waste from landfills. And there's a 100 megawatt facility, one of the largest in the world, under development in Abu Dhabi. And it's between Taqa and Tadwir, where they look to reduce CO2 emissions by more than 1 million ton per year. This is being set near the Musaffah seaport, And it's so huge, it will be one of the biggest stretching across an area of 100,000 square meters. Well, there's a lot more to figure out and learn, but I think one way we can do that is if we speak to Muna. So let's go to some questions. Thank you for joining us, Muna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So Muna, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do at the EAD? Sure. I'm a senior advisor with the Environment Agency of Abu Dhabi. 
Um, I'm a chemical engineer. I started my career over 30 years ago uh, in the U.S., uh, started out in uh, the consulting, in the environmental consulting field, uh, doing a number of uh, design projects for clients who were interested in uh, remediation and mitigation of uh, environmental issues. So I worked on projects both, you know, related to solid waste and wastewater, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing uh, remediation work, uh, doing waste audits to try to reduce waste streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I moved from the consulting side and became a client by moving to um, government. And uh, I became the deputy director of public works for the city of Indianapolis, which Mashallah. at the wow. time was the 11th largest city in, in the U.S., Mm-hmm. And there I was responsible for um, a lot of uh, projects and public works, including waste management. In fact, they called me trash queen at that time. <laughs> wow. So had a lot of a interesting, title. I know, it, uh, it was amazing. Um, you know, learned a lot about the headaches of uh, the actual on, in the field, on hand mm-hmm. issues related to waste management. Then I, you know, moved to the UAE. And, yeah, I uh, guess uh, we got jealous of the, <laughs> of the title. We wanted our own trash queen. <laughs> I actually came here to, to work on uh, development. So uh-huh. early in, you know, in 2006, I came here and joined uh, an engineering and project management uh, company and worked on many of the developments that uh, Abu Dhabi has, projects such as the uh, Sky and Sun Tower and uh, the Gateway Project on Dream Island, Qasr al-Watan, you know, a number of of projects with the company I I was working with. And so got to really see the development scene here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then at the end of that tenure, I joined the Environment Agency as a senior advisor, and uh, I work on a number of programs, one of which is waste, because it's Uh one of our biggest priorities at the Environment Agency uh, is to, you know, mitigate any impacts of waste and um, to improve the situation. Yeah, and uh, I guess that implies that there is a bit of a dire situation that we're going through. Is it? Give us a uh, like a short picture of what is the waste, you know, statistic-wise, uh, looks like in Abu Dhabi. Sure, you know, I'll share with you the latest published statistics, and uh, basically in 2019, the validated data showed that um, Abu Dhabi generated uh, 11.227 tons of waste per day. Wow, per day. <laughs> uh, per day. That's uh, 1.9 kilograms of waste per capita. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's a very high uh, rate. We, we rank among the highest in, in the world when it comes to waste generation. Only 35% of that waste is recycled. Now, the recycling rate is not bad compared with other countries but the volume is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of that waste is predominantly landfilled or disposed of in you know, dump sites. 
we don't incinerate much. Uh, most of what we incinerate is medical waste or infectious waste. So that's that's the situation we have. That's that's uh, pretty interesting, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know what happens is obviously the UAE is sort of a growing economy. So when when you have a growing population uh, with uh, with more economic activities happening, you have an increase in the quantity of uh, of waste produced, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, much of that waste comes from the construction uh, and demolition sector, but a good bit of it also comes from commercial operations and municipal waste. Um, and that's really where we need to do a lot of work. Construction and demolition is easy to recycle. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we have, the government has done a very good job of building facilities to recycle that waste and reuse it. They've done a good job regulating that sector, but it's the other sectors that we need to pay attention to. So how is the UAE coordinating reduction and segregation of waste? Okay. Well, we have a number of um, of strategies that we employ. One is regulations and policies and enforcing those regulations and policies. So uh, one uh, recent development in the UAE is the circular economy uh, policy issued by the federal government. And talk more about that. Uh, yeah. Within Abu Dhabi, one very important policy that was issued uh, recently is the single-use pl- plastic policy. That's a very important policy that will go a long way towards reduction of this waste stream. The, the other way is through infrastructure development and innovation. So Tadweer has been building recycling facilities there are waste mines built all over the, the UAE, and these mm-hmm. mines are basically collection facilities where you segregate recyclables so that they are you, you gain value from the waste stream. You recover material. In addition to that, we have a number of very strong awareness campaigns, mm-hmm. and those are essential. You know, we have uh, in Abu Dhabi one of the best youth awareness campaigns. It's called the Sustainable Schools Initiative. It started mm-hmm. in 2009. It's, it actually won a United Nations award wow. uh, as one of the best uh, environmental education programs, and it's being modeled in other places now. So we really, you know, developed a very good program. Thousands of students have gone through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teach students how to, you know, uh, reduce their footprint, their environmental uh, footprint, and teach them strategies. And, and this was a very important program. You know, the UAE has done so much. And, uh, and you know, we, you know, the picture that we were looking at is sort of positive that there is progress that goes towards finding a better solution. However, I want to turn to finding or maybe hearing from you what the real impact of landfills on the ecosystem is and what is the significance of waste reduction in that sense. Sure. In general, waste, not just landfilling, waste has a significant impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. That impact you know, you, you got to think about what happens with waste to understand the impact. You know, when you generate waste, you have to collect it, you have mm-hmm. to transport it, you have to treat it, 
and then you have to dispose of the treated waste. Okay, every step of the way, you are expending energy in the form of fuel. So that results in air pollution. When you treat it, there are you know residual uh, streams, whether it's air pollution going into the, into the airways or mm-hmm. residual wastewater that's going in the, the streams. So you have an impact at every stage. With landfilling in particular, uh, you end up with several issues. One is methane is generated. And methane, you know, is a, uh, has a significant impact on uh, climate change and, and global warming. Now, you know, there are methane recovery units uh, for modern landfills, but they're not 100% effective. You also could get leaching of... Uh, liquid waste into uh, the so- into the groundwater and into the soil. So those are sources of pollution that, that are related to landfilling. Mm-hmm. If the landfilling is improper in any way and the landfill is open or exposed, then the solid waste gets into the environment and animals start to, con- to consume it. So wow. they would yeah. eat... You know, and we we see that happening in in different areas. And you know, obviously, worse than landfilling is uh, illegal dumping. You know, a lot of times when waste is being transported to the landfill, something may get dumped illegally or or fall off the delivery facility and go mm-hmm. into the environment. Um, so that's. A, a significant risk to the environment there. So waste issues are handled through recycling and converting waste to either energy and resources. Now, the UAE aims to reduce the adverse per capita environmental impact of cities, including paying special attention to air quality and municipal and other waste management. But can you please elaborate a bit more on this and why this is an important step? Sure. Again, you know, we we are looking at uh, a variety of ways. The, the the most important way is you know the awareness and the um, work we're doing with different sectors to try and reduce the waste, because at the end of the day, the biggest impact on waste generation is consumer behavior. Okay, so you know, think about yourself. How do you you know, go throughout the day. If each person thought from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed for one week, if you keep a log of all the waste you generate Mm -hmm. and whether it's really necessary or not, simple, a a simple example is when you go and shop Mm -hmm. and, you know, assuming that what you're buying is really something you really need, Okay, not want. <laughs> you really need it. Okay, <laughs> but um, I want some chips. I mean, yeah. I gotta have my, you know, peanuts. <laughs> how may you know? How is it packaged? Okay, true. You know, a lot of times you go to the mall and you get a product, and they wrap it in tissue, and then they put it in a, a nice bag, and they add ribbons, and then they put it in another bag. Mm-hmm. Is this needed? Is it necessary? 
you know, so as an individual, there's a lot that you could do to go towards waste reduction. One is understanding your consumption behavior and making changes to that. If you take that concept and apply that to a business, okay, so the organization you're working for, if you review every operation you have, you know, something as simple as buying pens, Mm -hmm. okay, we buy pens and the pens come in, you open the box, they come in like a box of 12, and each pen is wrapped in a plastic sheath. That's what true. does the plastic sheath do? Does it, you know, uh, w- well, when we asked our supplier, they said, well, it's because in transport, maybe the two pens will rub against each other and it will create a tiny scratch in the pen. Does that change the function of the pen? It doesn't. But before, you know, you can even use it, you have to, you know, get it off of a pallet and then from a bigger box to a smaller box and out of a plastic sheath. So really reviewing, I mean, these are just some visual examples, but you take that and you apply that to every operation you have, Mm -hmm. you can find significant ways to reduce your waste stream. In addition to that, you know, your waste may be someone else's input into an operation. That's when we get into Mm -hmm. circular economy. So one of the things the UAE is doing is focusing on circular economy. There's a circular economy policy, and that's going to help promote innovation and different ways of doing work where maybe businesses can cohabitate, where your waste can be input to another, to a neighbor's operation. So it doesn't actually become a waste. It becomes almost uh, an input stream to their operation. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's a product you're giving. And in Abu Dhabi, you know, recently, Tadweer launched a couple of years ago, a very interesting program. And it's basically called uh, Tadweer Waste uh, Auction. It's a website where if you have product you no longer need, instead of trashing it, you put it on that website and someone else can access it and say, okay, well, I need this. I'm going Mm. to take this. One example, let's say you have a shop, okay, clothing Mm. shop, and you close that shop and you have a whole bunch of clothes racks, okay, that you don't need. You have uh, hangers you don't need. Okay, so instead of sending those to the trash, you put them there. Some Another person is going to start a dry cleaning business. They need the clothes rack. They need the, the clothes hangers. So they just take it from there. So it didn't go example. to waste. They didn't have to buy it. Uh, we didn't have to expend material and resources making new clothes racks and clothes uh, hangers. Everybody wins. That's uh, an example of a way circular economy can happen. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that concept of uh, sort of reusing instead of using new material or, or expanding new raw materials to build something, you can just reuse what's available and could be could be actually economically, you know, cheaper as well for, for the company or, you know, for the government and so on. So I want to talk about a specific thing, um, specific policy that uh, was put out uh, in Abu Dhabi regarding the single-use plastic. 
how would you connect it to the circular economy and you know how how does it work well how the policy works is the policy has three prongs okay right now it uh, we we have a goal of lowering single use plastic usage in abu dhabi and and basically we very specifically want to eliminate the use of any single-use plastic bag in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be banned. It's not going to be allowed. So we wow, have, you know, a that's program. that's a big, big goal. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we have targets towards that. So, so this is one prong. The other prong is the elimination of, uh, and, you know, it starts with reduction towards elimination of single-use plastic waste going to the environment. And... The focus here is going to is a return scheme where people can return bottles or single use plastic and you know in exchange for uh, for some value and that return scheme uh, scheme will you know allow us to capture that stream and not have it go into the environment and then it it'll be recycled and that way we you know we we deal with that issue and then finally. Uh, there is going to be a ban of on the use of any single-use plastic item within Abu Dhabi government. So wow. government entities are go- are working towards that. They're putting in that's their amazing. plans for how they would do that. So that's our policy. And uh, circular economy, the, the way it, it's linked to circular economy is we have to find alternatives you know, to uh, the single-use plastic items. And we we want to find these alternatives by promoting innovation and uh, helping businesses that, um, you know, um, have uh, good ideas for alternatives uh, to, to come forth and help us with this. So sort of uh, helping them, you know, Make it make it into a more circular economy by maybe them reducing their uh, plastic usage, uh, finding them alternatives for them and and their business. Correct. Um, I was thinking actually about this second um, step when it comes to uh, inviting or sort of like asking the people to help out with the with the process and bringing in plastics. You know, I I heard somewhere um, of of a policy maybe in Europe where they attach a price to the plastic before it's sold. So let's say I want to buy a uh, bottle of Coke from the groceries, uh, for grocery shop. There is a price that is assigned to it. And the only way I can get this price back is if, if I return it um, to a recycling facility or something, and then I get paid. And it's, it's a, you know, a significant price, maybe like a quarter of the price of the, of the product. Um, I wonder if that is something... That was considered, just out of curiosity. We're, we're looking at a variety of different uh, options for return schemes, including uh, similar ideas. So, uh, cost recovery is you know one of the uh, options we're looking at. So I guess it does work then, <laughs> if you guys considered it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you, there's no silver bullet when it comes mm-hmm. to waste, really. Uh, you, you have to try different approaches and different strategies. And and I believe 
the best way is when everybody understands that there's a role that they play into the process. It's mm-hmm. not just up to government to fix this. Really, consumer behavior and businesses, and you know, uh, it takes it takes everybody's effort to 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 fix this. You know, the government can regulate, it can enforce, it can put policies in place. But if uh, there isn't buy-in and support from all regulated uh, individuals, it it doesn't really work in the UAE yeah. or any where else in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the the best uh, solution to waste is not to have it in the first place, you know. And and you know when we think of waste, our thoughts immediately go to you know a. a you know, in, in your mind, you see a pile of trash and it's going into a dumpster. But there's a, a, a part of waste that we forget. And that's the energy that was used in the first place to generate the product that you are now disposing of. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is that component that's also wasted. And uh, really... Uh, we, we can do a lot. And that's why we believe in at EAD that, um, you know, collaboration with the community is one of the most effective ways. In addition to the youth program I mentioned to you, mm-hmm. uh, we recently launched a green business network. And this is a networking um, platform to work with businesses. And it's, it's unique in the following sense. Most networks, you know, you just invite uh, companies to join and you share information with them and, you know, you kind of have like a two-way uh, dialogue with them. But in our case, in order to become part of that network, you have to complete an assessment on your your carbon emission footprint, you know, in, uh, before mm-hmm. you join. We you, you have to be engaged, you know, throughout. So in order to continue to be part of that network... You submit a case study uh, on the work you've done. And in return, you're getting a lot of technical advice and support from the agency and, fr- uh, and information from the other members of the network on how you can find ways to uh, reduce your um, carbon footprint and environmental uh, impact in general. Yeah, that's uh, that's brilliant. Really appreciate that you you know that the EAD would take such a step to engage businesses in that way. I, you know, some businesses would rather seem helpless because they don't know how to navigate this world. But uh, but introducing such thing would definitely help them out. So, will you join us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta have a business first. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, th- thank you so much for sharing. On that note, I just want to say I'm humbled that uh, you joined us today, uh, sharing all this beautiful insight, vivid imagery, and uh, hopefully to a better future of Abu Dhabi. Thank you for coming to the show today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, being part of uh, your uh, broadcast today. And uh, let us know if you need anything from us. Inshallah. Thank you, Muna. Thanks to everyone for listening. You can also hear the rest of our discussion on the environment on other episodes. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. This is Mazar al-Qasimi. And Abdurrahman al-Zaabi. Signing out. Bye, Bye guys. guys.